1: to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, episode 36. Uh, before we start, can you please like, share, comment, rate, all those things make a huge difference. And thanks for all the, the feedback this last few weeks. It has been mind-blowing. Uh, without further ado, Connor Edwards, you're very welcome along, as always.
2: Kevin, thanks a million. Um, just probably getting to that time of year where there's less rallies on to talk about. But um, <laughs> yeah, listen, delighted to be back.
1: Yeah, and the, you know what we have to talk about... Um, this week, I suppose, well, Rally Legends, you know, we're going to catch up with some of the the sights and sounds from Rally Legends. And uh, we'll also then look forward to, you know, the, the you know, who the young and up and coming stars of the future, you know, with some exciting, you know, young talent coming up through there. But you know, without further ado, you know, I think we need to start off with Rally Legends. Um you yeah. know. I I don't know who even know, know where to begin. You know <laughs> you know Kelly Rovanpera, Frank Kelly, Paolo Diana, Mati. Yari um, Mati, you know, the Cars, you know, yeah. Lancia Delta S fours, O three sevens, quattros. Uh every time I look at it online I, I just get green with envy, I think.
2: Oh, absolutely. Listen, I I could see the, the video clips and the pictures coming through on Friday evening and it was just like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it was just drooling at the mouth. Um I've got a serious want on me now next year, I think. That <laughs> it's is definitely fortunate. on the list of all that. Yeah.
1: That's yeah. you know, it has to be up there on the bucket list, you know. Yeah. Uh, like it must be a Maiden stand and just everywhere you turn. There's something else jaw dropping the like as a Rally nerd paradise, I think and I think I think we fit into that category.
2: I <laughs> know oh, it definitely is. And interesting enough, um Hyundai's ex team manager Andrea Damo wrote a piece there this week to basically kind of suggesting this is what the WRC is missing. You know, that it's bringing this spectacle, experience and excitement to the fans, close to the fans. Yeah. And uh, he was more or less implying that, uh, you know, that's, that's what the WRC needs to be doing.
1: Yeah, like I, I you know, I, like the more people we talk to, the, you know, this having a rally in the centre of a town, making it a part of the community, I think it's vital. You know, we see it here in Ireland, too many rallies, the service areas stuck away way out in the back, uh, beyond. And, you know, it's almost impossible to get, you know, information sometimes where the stages is or, you know, like, when you see the likes of Rally Legend, the way they embrace the, the crowds, what it brings to, you know, some Marino, you know, it's on, I just think Rally has lost that sparkle. And I think something like that there just shows when it's managed properly, the, like the buzz it can bring.
2: I suppose for, for a few years that the, the issues around insurance and safety nearly got car clubs to the point where motor clubs to the point where they didn't want spectators, you know, or made it as difficult as possible for spectators to, to go to the stages. Yeah. Um, But when you look at the international events and they have those super specials in the town uh, and the place is packed
1: mm-hmm. and it's
2: people who probably would not travel two miles down the road to yeah. go and see you know, rally cars, but, mm-hmm. you know, they'll, they'll come and when it's on their doorstep.
1: Yeah, and like, you know, it's, yes, there may be a bit of expense there, but I like, think you're going to be able to recoup that, you know, through sponsorship, even maybe even charging an entry fee. Like, oh, you need a few toilets, obviously, grandstands, that kind of thing. But like, the, the publicity you'll get from that and the good feeling you get from that, I think would far outweigh the cost of it.
2: Yeah, you would think so. And again, you know, a sport that is, slowly, slowly, you know, diminishing and becoming harder to run and harder to get events take to, to take place in the finance for events, etc. Mm-hmm. It needs a bit of spark. It needs a bit of publicity. It needs a bit of backing. It needs to get spectators mm-hmm. back following it again.
1: Yeah, I, at least to capture the public's imagination. You know, we think back to the, the 80s, you know, you know, yes, we have probably rose tented glasses, but the, the circuit Ireland was covered four or five nights a week, you know, on you know a half-hour program on mainstream television, now we're hardly getting even anything at all now on TV at all. So there needs to and, be some and, kind of we something to reinvigorate the thing.
2: Absolutely. If you think back to those days, you know you had a, a spectator special in in Balmoral in Belfast. You had a spectator special in the RDS. You know, again, bringing it to the cities, and and mm-hmm. where where probably the rally fan base doesn't really exist yeah. in any great number. And just bringing new people into the sport and giving them an opportunity to see the the sport up close and personal. Yeah,
1: and that may then spark an interest, you know, and attract new marshals or new officials and new competitors as well too. And you know, put potential sponsors. You know, you're taking it to their doorstep as well. You know, so I don't know. Enough of that. <laughs> Nobody getting bogged down in that. Like uh, rally legends. You know, it's 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 everything that we could dream of. Being rally nerds, it's just. You know, everyone I've watched over the weekend or the last few days, it's just, as you talk about, you know, has put the, the want on me. And one of those legends, I suppose, is our own homegrown Frank Kelly. Um, so I spoke, caught up with Lauren uh, yesterday um, to hear some of the tales, and I started off by asking her, is it all that appears on uh, social media?
3: It is 10 times better than what you see online. There is nothing like actually being here. Now, the videos do make it look absolutely mental. And yes, it is just as mental as it looks in the videos. Uh, the state, first stage we did on Friday night, uh, it doesn't start to about seven or eight o'clock in the evening. So it's already dark. And we head off into the stage and we come up over a hill and you could see the glow of the flares in the distance and the fireworks already going off. And I said to, said to Frank, Isaac, like, look at that scene in front of you. And the hair starts down in the back of your neck because you know you're heading towards it. And then you come down and even though you know how loud our car is, you can still hear the air horns and the cheers through your helmet on the outside of the car. They are just going absolutely ballistic. It is, up. there's nothing like it. There's just absolutely nothing like it.
1: And like this is your sixth, sixth year in a row now. How did you, you get your dad convinced to go in the first place?
3: Uh, I'm sure he's told the story a few times mm. before as well, but uh It wasn't really our first kind of foreign event was 2015 or 14, whenever we went to Trinidad and stuff. And after that, and the videos on YouTube, it kind of snowballed, and more and more rallies started inviting us out and whatever. But before before it became sort of a normal thing for us to do, we were very wary about sending the car out somewhere and can we trust somebody to look after the car when it's out there and blah, blah, blah. And one night over dinner, uh, Frank was chatting about uh, he got an an email invite to this. uh, he called San Remo, which is a completely different event altogether. But uh, he says we've, we've got an invite for this rally. It's called Rally Legends or something. And I looked at him. I was like, Rally Legends has invited you. And he was like, Yeah. I, I looked through the email. And I said, He says, Oh, they've been on to me these last couple of years, and I'm like, They've asked you like <laughs> before, and you haven't went. I was like, Do you know how much of a big deal this event is? So showed him the videos on on the YouTube and stuff of all the madness that it was. And I was like, this is the event to be going to. And you haven't you haven't t- took it up on in the invite. So I made him take up the invite to go. And we eventually got there in 2017. But the, the hilarious thing is we went and didn't realise that we wouldn't be categorised in the competitive part of the rally because there is there is actual competition rally, rally going on. Yeah. on. Uh-huh. yeah, there is a main field of the rally with like R5 cars and things like that and uh, their historic class and all that there. But when we went... But, we find out when we go abroad, a lot of rallies can't categorize our escort, whereas it's a popular thing in Ireland, the modified escort. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do with it abroad. So they put us into the Legend Stars category, which is reserved for a lot of like Group A and Group B stuff. You know, we're in along with the Lancia Deltas and the 37s and the Quattros and all that there. <laughs> and we uh, realized we weren't going to be timed. And Frank was absolutely raging. That we were not going to be competitive he had brought full slick tires and everything and he was ready to go and win the rally and was absolutely nearly for going home when they told him he wouldn't mm-hmm. but uh whenever he realized right okay we will just embrace this for what it is and uh, he had a few gravel tires on because i think that year we had went out and did the samsonis rally in lithuania mm-hmm. so he had a few gravel tires left over and we stuck them on and absolutely destroyed them and had the best crack. And we ran out of tires because he wasn't expecting it <laughs> to be slayed about so much. So he went to a local tire shop and very bad translated Italian, asked for shit tires. Excuse my language, but he asked for, for shit tires. And the guy brought in the rally rims and the guy went, oh, no, not, not for a rally, not for a rally. And put the shit tires on the rims. So stretch these Firestone tires out over the the rims and i swear to god we have never slid about like it if we touched the throttle at all she was away we had some crack trying and the squealing of them we have a video up on youtube of the absolute squealing of these road tires with 350 brake going through them god help them we got our money's worth out of the entire that's how we went the first year and the first year was also uh some kind of con mccrae tribute so the likes of Loeb was there, Sebastian Ogier was there, the Solbergs were there, there was uh-huh. a lot of big names. So it was a very big event. We had never seen anything like it. It was as close to stepping into the Group B days as we've ever seen. Coming round a corner, and there's hundreds of thousands of people literally standing out to the white line in the middle of the road. And that that's where the love for Rally legend come from, because there's just there's no there's no other place like it to get that that buzz uh-huh. of of the mental fans. It's just <laughs> Of complete disregard for their own safety, they just stand out and they're ripping the marker posts out from the side of the road and they're wailing, waving them about them. and they have chainsaws going and stupid outfits on them and stuff and just it is absolutely
1: class. Yeah, and like right from the get go, you know, we think that even the, you know the roundabout that's on the way into like the the rump on a Thursday night, like that uh, has become part of the event. That's almost as important as the stages nearly at this stage.
3: Yeah, that was a funny thing, too. That was an unofficial rally legend tradition that I think, uh, oh, who's the WRC driver that started it? Oh, Gigi Galli, wasn't it? Gigi Galli. that's what, his yeah. name, just went out of my head there. And I think he kind of started the roundabout tradition.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, yeah, the first year we went, we went over the start ramp, and there was that many people that kind of just funneled, funneled us towards the roundabout. And Frank looked over at me, he goes, where are we going? Should we not be going that way to Park Farmer? And I knew the crack, but he didn't. I goes no, you're gonna have to go do donuts around this roundabout, and he started to panic. He's like, "Lauren, I'm not good at donuts. I'm not good at donuts. Look at the amount of people that stand around the roundabout and stand in the middle of the roundabout. He's like, I can't do this." And we got up, and there was still public traffic going around this roundabout, and the crowd got out and stopped the public traffic, and then said, "Right away you go." So he did a couple of donuts around the roundabout, and then on off, and Frank was like, "Never again, never again." <laughs> But then, because it, 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 it was borderline insanity, so uh, Rally Legend took it upon themselves to actually make close the road and make it an official thing. Right. So for a couple of years there, they had this, the the roundabout challenge where you were they selected maybe twenty crews or something. Unfortunately for Frank, we were always a part of them selected twenty <laughs> <laughs> and uh, did donuts around the roundabout, and you were judged on how well you did the donuts, and then you progressed to the next round until there was eventually a winner. And bloody blah, 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 we never mm-hmm. got that far, but. They did that, but then this year they changed it into like uh, two little mini stages. So they had like just a kilometre and a half sectioned off as an actual wee stage, which uh-huh. involved doing donuts around the roundabout and stuff. But that all happens on the Thursday evening. And then you're rallying all even, all night on Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. So it becomes nearly a, a four-day event, uh-huh. including this this roundabout crack on the on the on Thursday. But it's brilliant because out there is the, the big rally village that has the start ramp and the uh, merchandise stands and all the big cars in there and historic cars that you can go look around and then everybody's out and there's literally must be, I don't know, 10,000 people crammed around this one little roundabout <laughs> in San Marino. I always say, I wonder if the locals are trying to get somewhere and wonder what the hell's going
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> down to get a loaf of bread or something can't get can you
3: imagine if we closed off the big roundabout down from the Mount Derrick and let the Kenny and call go and got two people to do donuts for it? It would be absolute pandemonium.
1: Yeah. And like, I was looking at the videos there from this year. I think Frank has been up and uh, going around the Dungannon roundabout there. He's getting, he's perfecting these donuts now.
3: <laughs> he always says he's not good at donuts, but he, he, I think he's bullshitting. <laughs> oh, he's getting there. <laughs> he's getting the hang of them already. Right. He, he always says, look, if these things aren't planned, it'll go okay. It's whenever he thinks oh, about sorry. it too much. Then he's more likely to screw it up.
1: Uh, overthink but something.
3: <laughs> if he arrives at a junction and pulls a handbrake and starts doing donuts, it's all right. <laughs> we, we know, come on, six years now, we know the crack about this roundabout and yeah. we've been around it that many times today, I think. It'd be bad if we hadn't got the hang of it by now. Yeah, for sure,
1: for sure. <laughs> and like, uh, Paolo, Diana and the Fiat 131 and yourselves, you know, you've become almost, you know, a part of this event. You know, like it's, you're sort of one of the draws of the event. Like, what is it like being in that bubble? It must be some sensation.
3: It is unreal. It's, it's nice as well that they see us together. Uh, this year, Paulo was first car on the road and we were second car on the road. Uh, he is their local hero and he's a hero everywhere. Uh, he's very good with social media, but like ourselves, you know, we've just become the, these, I don't know, underdog clumpets that just everybody loves because we have complete disregard for our, our cars. But, uh, no, he, he's a fantastic lad as well, and uh, he, he's very, very little English, but we still get, have great crack together whenever we, we meet up. And uh, as I say, being seated together is brilliant because we head off into the stage, and these last couple of years we've been the very first cars to go in. So we're getting the crowd all wound up as the first the is first out, and uh, they're out with the fireworks and the flares and stuff. And uh, anybody who's Diana fans seem to be fans of us, and anybody who's fans of us seem to be fans of him as well. So uh, but they're very similar cards, really, the Fiat and the Escort. And mm. uh, we just throw them about very very well. Diana throws it about a lot better than us to be. Fair.
1: He he takes it to the extreme, doesn't
3: he? He definitely <laughs> takes it to the extreme.
1: <laughs> and like, you you talk there about him being the local hero. Like you know, you see how that all that Rosabet and all that, like for somebody that lives local to that, that must be some feeling. To see, you know, you talk about the thousands upon thousands of people descending your hometown for such a great event, it must be brilliant.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, he has fans. We're lucky like ourselves that we have fans everywhere across Europe and abroad. But uh, even we came to say hello uh, at his service area and his service area is very professionally as the boys working at the car for him and he has a merchandise stand. There's always merchandise flying out everywhere. And we arrived in just to say hello and we ended up being there for nearly three quarters of an hour because it took us that long to get back to the car because that many people wanted photos and autographs whatever the two of us was in the same place you know mm-hmm. it's just it, it it it's still always a pinch me moment like yeah. rally legends say this is our sixth time doing it but there's still it never quite it quiets down they still yeah. haven't seemed to got bored of us no. so <laughs> we, we arrive and there's still I see a people that's, that's lining up to get photos and to have a look at the car and stuff. And it just, it never gets old. That thing never gets old. When you're driving down past Rally Village and there's people shouting and cheering and wagging, egging you on to do a lock of revs and a burnout here and there. Uh-huh. And, the, and the police alert. it. <laughs> it, would be, <laughs> it would
1: be rude, not to. Yeah. And, and for yourself, like sitting in baby blue, along with Frank there, like how, you know, is it surreal even for you, even still now, six years later, that you're, you know, there are people shoving something into you to get signed. No, does that you talk about the pinch me moment? Is that still as as surreal now as it was the first year?
3: It is. It's still a bit strange. You know, people come to get photos now. Like, do you want me to take the photo? And they're like, no, we want you <laughs> in the photo. Uh, I'm like, okay, that's no problem. My highlight from this this weekend was a bunch of lads come with roadside marker posts, and they got me and Frank to autograph the marker posts. And I made Frank take a picture of us because I was like, that is absolutely class. I was like, San Marino has bound to have lost at least 50% of its more marker posts this weekend between yokes hitting them and people ripping them out of the ground to take home souvenirs. And then, no, you know, it, it, is abso- it is absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, the absolute passion at Rally Legend for all the cars and for everybody, but it, it, it really, it never gets old. It's yeah. never It never gets old.
1: And, like, you know, I look at the videos and you see, you know, you talk about the like, Lancia's, Delta's, S4's, O3's, You know, for like, yourself as a rally fan, what is it like to stand there, look around and go, there's another Lancia over there. there. You know, oh, there's a Porsche over there. You know, there, there's a world rally you'll, car just driving past, you know. Yeah,
3: you'll <laughs> never get another rally that has much variety between modern cars and the old Group B stuff. And then there's abominations like ourselves as a modified or Diana's, Fiat you know there's a bit of everything there there's something for the, every rally fan and it's cool for me you know that never got to experience that era of cars mm-hmm. getting to go see them for only ever seeing them on youtube and videos and stuff and now getting to go and look around and some of them are the genuine cars yeah. from that era uh, there was a fella in a lancia delta who was uh running just behind us one of the years i can't remember which year i think it was maybe 18 or 19 and he, very little english as well but uh, we were looking at his car, and it was a bit grubby looking. And uh, Frank said, "You know, I think he'd give that thing a wash." And he eventually got talking to him and got talking enough to him. And uh, he come back into the car and he said to me, "I know why that car's not washed. That is still the dust on it from the Safari Rally in 1987, and that part of the car is still cable tied from the roadside." Uh, uh, repairs that Uh is how she left and like that is just amazing that they're still Uh out being rallied and they're not sitting in a showroom somewhere
1: yeah
3: and uh, some of them are definitely not uh, paying any respect to them they are
1: throwing them about
3: (laughs) 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 which is fantastic you know isn't
1: that what they were built for in the first place really exactly
3: for for the rally fan that is that is my generation you know as young as i am that never got to ever experience them its the sound of an Audi Quattro makes the hair stand on the back of my neck mm-hmm. and hearing that in real life is just absolutely class. Absolutely
1: brilliant, brilliant. And then, you know, we're looking at the, this year, this, you know, the first full year you've sat with Frank, you know, at rallies mm-hmm. here at home and, you know, you've been doing your tour events. You know, the the tour events are probably a fantastic buzz. What is it like competing closer to home? You know, the likes of, you know, the West Cork or Donegal or these events. Do you still get a good kick out of those as well?
3: Oh, of course. A lot of people ask, you know, which do you prefer? But they're two; they can't be compared. They're no. two completely different things. Uh, like rally legends, it is great to completely relax and go with the flow. Uh, because we're not timed, we do kind of take the piss out of it, where mm-hmm. we don't even bother going to any of the park firmies, and we don't go to half the regroups. Like I come home with every time card I have got. <laughs> this weekend <laughs> because they don't because we're not timed half the time the, the marshals don't want to they don't want it
1: bother with you so uh, any
3: any of the time cards i got i've kept it so <laughs> that that's how laxy easy it is and it's it is it is nice and mm. being here six years now i know my way about to the stages and stuff because they're always they're always the same stages year in year out they might mm. change the start every now and again or they might change a bit in the middle you know but I generally know my way about so I rarely even have to look at the roadbook. It is nice to be fully relaxed and just enjoy a rally and enjoy putting on a show and all that but then at the same time like we come here straight after the Escort Rally in Belgium. It was our last event before here where that was full on committed, full paced tarmac yeah. rallying. There's nothing like that either whenever you're so concentrated on firing out notes and you're doing 120 mile an hour <laughs> down a tarmac road and the grip the difference in grip level is insane. It's that that's really really exciting too. Like, but mm-hmm. that's what I mean. You, you, they're two totally different things. Uh, Rally at home, yeah, it's it's really special to me. Some of the rallies at home, like Donegal or West Cork or the Bushwacker or something like that. Places that I have always grew up watching. Dad mm-hmm. come to, come down the state, and then I'm in the car going past the same spot where I used to stand when I was twelve years old. Mm-hmm. And now, 10 years later, I'm in the car. It, it, that's something very, very special special to me. Um, and to it, have yeah, the opportunity I
1: mean, to share it with your dad as well, it makes it even exactly, w- more special, doesn't
3: it? As well. He keeps saying to me, go find someone who can actually drive. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that is, I, I, I whenever, no, I, it'll probably not be anytime soon, but whenever Frank does eventually hang up his helmet competitively, I will, of course, go and sit with other people, because uh, I enjoy me rallying, but yeah, it is something special doing it with dad because there's that that bond between us, and uh, it's just easy, mm-hmm. and it, it it works, and it's just as convenient as well. You know, booking hotels and going abroad and stuff. At least, well, I I hope he can stand me at the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we live together, we work together, we rally together. I hope he doesn't get sick of me. But... Mm-hmm.
1: but you know, there's that almost natural trust there. You know, you don't even have to think about it. You know, you're you're. To, you know you're trusting him, he's trusting you, and it's just a natural flow to it.
3: It's either that or we haven't got a brain cell between well, us. There's always that possibility.
1: <laughs> I didn't want to say that. But...
3: You were thinking it, but I said it. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, Frank always says there's like this this telepathic thing between us. Like it just, uh, it just works. It just clicks. Uh, although I bet he'd ever thought when he let me in for that one rally in 2015 Mm. that he he wouldn't get me out again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It all started in the Glens of Antrim and here you are.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Jesus, I was terrified that day, Kevin. (laughs) Because he never even told me we were doing that rally. he just come in uh, like the night before and threw a book of pace notes in my lap. He says, go over them because you're doing the rally with me tomorrow. (laughs) and it's probably all the better because if he hadn't warned me i probably wouldn't have done it and here yeah. i am and it just i absolutely love it and i don't know i seem to be half good at calling notes <laughs> so uh, no it's, it's my favorite thing in the world today it's just and yeah getting to share it with dad it's it's brilliant mm-hmm.
1: and like you know that's where we're in well, october now at this stage is there any more events planned now for the rest of this year or where's your thoughts at now at this stage
3: Yes, I think we have two more events planned. We're definitely going to Portugal in November for another Rally Legend style event. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we have been talked into doing a rally the week after that in France. Although I think by the sounds of it, we're going to be a zero car because they can't classify us to, yeah. So, uh, but I think the sponsorship is coming together to do that, so uh, why not?
1: (laughs) Excellent, excellent. And like, you know, this is probably a really redundant or stupid question at this stage. Do you still get the same buzz every time you sit in baby blue as you know, that Glens of room that day back in 2015? Is it still as big a thrill every time?
3: Absolutely. I still get the nervous butterflies heading to the first stage uh, every, every time. And then once you set off and the rhythm gets in, it's it's all good. But now it's it's fantastic. It'll, it'll never get old. It'll never. Anybody who's ever sat in a rally car will know that feeling. That it's it's and like I still I have a big passion for rallying anyway I still love going out to watch some rallies if, if we're not doing them or uh, even a rally legend there and um, the last super special stage is around an industrial estate and we do that four times throughout the weekend and because it's so laxy daisy, I let mum get into the car yeah. instead so uh, dad let me sit in, let me sit in the boat to go up to the stage <laughs> so I didn't <laughs> have to walk. Which gets a lot of laughs from people whenever it won't pass. I'm hanging out the boat, getting my eyes stung to death by fuel. <laughs> but uh hop, that's grand. I hopped out and walked on up the stage to watch him go around the stage uh, yeah. myself and just it was nice to enjoy the atmosphere as well from the spectator point of view.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: No, it'll it'll it will never get old. It will never get old. That's why dad's still rally. Yeah, suppose
1: that's true. That's true <laughs> so, yeah.
3: Uh-huh. It'll never get old. He keeps saying he's gonna uh, go historic next year, next year, next yeah. year, you know, get get away from the, the, the 2.5 game. He's uh-huh. he, he reckons he's getting too old for that crap. <laughs> I think the win they the for special a few weeks ago begs to differ, but <laughs> yeah,
1: the fire's still burning. And then, you know, to wrap things up, like whenever you look at Rally Legends this year, you know, you had Kelly Rovan uh Yari Mate, and the, you know, all these yeah. other, you know, mega names in the sport. Like to have the current world champion there and then all these. Cars can it, can it get any better? I suppose we see that every year.
3: <laughs> yeah, no. Look, Rally Legend uh, uh, during COVID, it was one of the very few events that actually still went ahead during the COVID times, but it was quite downscaled even from, the obviously, the spectators. People couldn't travel at that time and whatever, mm-hmm. but we've noticed now this is like the first proper year that it's been back to its normal self, and it's great to see big names and the, things like that. Uh, we've been fortunate to meet uh, a few of them at Rally Legends and stuff for like uh, Miko that's Harvin and has come over to do some uh, rallies there in Ireland and stuff. I think we maybe met him first at uh, Rally Legend and got him talked into coming over to do an Irish rally. <laughs> but uh, and we were fortunate enough to meet Kelly, Not actually here. We met him whenever he came over to do the drift event in Ireland earlier in the year. And it's always funny that they know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> They've seen it and they go, oh yeah, we've seen you on YouTube. You're the crazy guy with the blue mark. II escort. <laughs> yeah. It is always hilarious, and uh, but no, they're they're great guys, and uh, that's the, that's what makes Rally Legend special. Is you've everybody from the wee man like us up till the current WRC champion mm-hmm. in all eras of cars. Rally Legend. If if you haven't been, and you're thinking about it. Definitely go because it is just something to experience once in your life.
1: So no doubt there that Lauren is definitely a chip off. you know, there, <laughs> there's no denying, you know, uh, the, the same mad sense of humor, and it's a pleasure to catch up with her. Um you know, and then you know, heading to Portugal and that Rally Legend event in Portugal is looking very exciting as well, too. So no doubt we'll be looking at that, come closer to the time. Um somebody else that was at, at legends at the weekend was Kellyanne Cronin from the Rally DNA Rally DNA podcast. And I thought we'd catch up with him, just to hear, you know, how spectators you know how do you get there? What's it like? All that type of thing, you know. Um, as I say, Killian, you might not recognize the face, but you'll know the voice. Um, their their podcast is Nerdville. You know, and I'm sure they'll not be they'll not be offended when me saying that they, you know, they are the level they can go into. It. It's a, always a joy to listen to, and the stories you hear are just something else, you know. So, again, the first question I asked Kellyan was you know as ever we see online
4: it's everything you see online and more really because it it is the experience it's the spectacle and, and and soaking up the atmosphere i think which is really special and even the stuff you don't see that when you when you're wandering around service like you know there's no big videos of fellas you know we spend as much time you know crawling underneath cars and you know and it's so open which is the great thing that it really brings a close to the fans like you could spend as much time you could sacrifice a couple of stages to get more time in service, of no a and everyone is very willing to let you close up to the cars and you see something next to you right you're, you're on your hands and knees or you're lying on your back underneath <laughs> looking at how the subframe is mounted onto an accent wrc and reading the rebound settings off the damper and stuff the detail that you don't just get to see anywhere really you know um and it's yet the atmosphere and the spectacle and, and the setting as well i mean what a setting beautiful place to be rallying and watching rallying so It all ties together in this great big package that you you kind of owe it to yourself to to go and witness at least once.
1: For sure. And like you talk about the setting, like the stages are almost like set up as an an amphitheater. Like, you know, we look at the, you think of the hairpins, you know, we think of the roundabouts. The whole area just seems to lend itself to rallying.
4: Yeah. I mean, and they do set it up very well because you have. These kind of classic stages up in the mountains that look like you know pick, pick a famous tarmac rally anywhere that you kind of on that could be a, a stage there but then as you say of those great kind of spectator stages in the industrial park so i think you, you almost get too much footage of it online from the the industrial park Then you make oh it's just a rally around an industrial park but there's more outside of it as well you definitely have to do that one as well mm-hmm. but you know and you have the, the roundabout stage at night there uh the time challenge they going around around so it just brings it really close to people. Let make sure everyone can see it because you know it can be. It's not that difficult to get to stages, but you know yourself, it, it's sometimes people are rushing for time. Mm-hmm. So there's an opportunity for everyone, everywhere to do mm-hmm. whatever they want to do with it.
1: Happy days, happy days. And like you know, from a practical point of view, you know what airport do you fly into, or you know that kind of thing, or you know is car higher expensive? No, the overall
4: is the package. I think people I was you know, chatting again to the missus last night when I got back and she was just saying, I still can't get over how cheap it was. No, no doubt you could do it dearer. I yeah. don't know if you could do it cheaper than we did. And by no means we were we doing it in absolute poverty or anything, you know. Um so especially because they've I mean coming from Ireland now, the access is getting even better because they now fly from Cork to Milan. Uh so no, Milan is a good bit away from it, but the the so we normally the last two times I did it, we flew. Into Milan Bergamo from Dublin. Uh, so now we can fly out of Cork, which is a lot, obviously a lot nicer on this end of the journey. <laughs> um, it's about three and a half hours from Milan to Rimini or San Marino if you're staying in Rimini, which we were. Um, but it's it's a fine, it's it's auto all the way. But you know what, what we've always done, or what I've always tried to do, is make sure you leave time on, on either one end or the other, because Italy has piled off for outside of our legend <laughs> as well. So and they're they're all very close to the same road. So like 10 minute detour off the motorway, you can get to Modena, Maranello, Imola, Santa Gata, yeah, the Pagani factory. Then you've got the Alfa Romeo Museum in Milan. So you can break up your journey very nicely if you've given yourself enough time on either one end or the mm-hmm. other or do a mix of both. Um, like so like yesterday on the way home, we stopped at Enzo Ferrari's house uh and stopped at Imola and there was GT3 cars going around the track at Imola you can see the Selle Memorial and, and all the famous corners there so they're about an hour apart from each other so mm-hmm. then by the time you're getting into the car to go to the airport you're only another hour mm-hmm. so it breaks it up so I don't mind the driving I, I'd rather do the drive on that end than have a longer drive when I get home you know mm-hmm. um so car hire very reasonable like we had a medium-sized car oh, Hyundai Bayon or something like that I'd never heard of it but anyway we all fit in it anyway uh, uh, and it, it, got, it got driven very gently over the weekend
1: um, and <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Um, so the whole so there was five of us stayed in one hotel there's two lads next door actually owned by the same but that's for seven of so it went over it's two rental cars but say for the five of us to travel kind of together it worked out as between the flight from Cork uh, although Jamie flew from, from the UK, obviously. Uh for from so for me it worked out flight from Cork, hotel, and rental care was 255 euros.
1: Where would you go? Was it? Like it wouldn't take yeah. you to Donegal for like the three yeah. days or you know, to even to Galway or even to West Cork right for that kind Absolutely. of money, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't get a look at
4: absolutely not i mean that's your accommodation for if you're going to see an international rally at home Mm -hmm. that's what your accommodation is at minimum like more more Mm -hmm. more most cases um like over there fuel is like we used i guess kind of two and a half tanks of fuel over the course of the weekend uh so whatever that was i think it was kind of a 70 quid fill we used it yeah two and a half of them so that's not too crazy we we threw money into a kitty for food and fuel so 50 quid each into a kitty food and fuel that kind of sauce through most Mm -hmm. of the weekend um so yeah that's all very reasonable i mean yeah. there's not much to argue with that no. um and then if you're you know, yeah, out, where would
1: you go if you're eating out again it's just you can be as expensive or as cheap again as you want to be probably as well there
4: pretty much i mean there isn't there isn't much opportunity to be sitting down in restaurants or whatever mm-hmm. but there's plenty of food vans and 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 even on the stages there'll be just some lad with a table and, and grilling up grilling up uh, sandwiches and sausages or whatever yeah. and he's there two euro and you get your kind of sausage roll mm-hmm. and he has cool moretti in the fridge plugged into a generator mm-hmm. like in the middle of the mountain you know as well but if you're down the service park just food g- vans galore mm-hmm. and it's not you know again italians don't do bad food no. so the food you're getting out of you know the greasy service vans still it's like restaurant quality you know and it's not expensive i think we sat down to dinner twice you know uh, the last night and first night or something like that you know and, and even that was very reasonable because we choose to stay in Rimini because it's so reasonable it's only 20 minutes from the stages and there's a lot more choice for accommodation so the great thing about that is Rimini is like a holiday resort in the summer but it's off season now so everything is empty and most of the restaurants are closed. So there isn't a big choice to eat, but you'll find them all right.
1: Yeah, I and that makes the hotels and Airbnbs a lot more reasonable from its kind of season as well, too, doesn't
4: it? So. Exactly. So that's why it's so affordable, because San Marino is quite small and doesn't have a lot to offer an accommodation. <laughs> so accommodation. That, and that's naturally booked up quite early. Uh, and to be honest, like some of the areas in San Marino, it's as hard to get in and out of there to get onto the stages than it is to drive down the dual okay. carriageway from Rimini. So oh. it works out really the same. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it's very very easy to do and very affordable. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, over the course of the weekend, I'd say, personally, even if I exclude buying jackets and T-shirts and hats where you tend to go a bit bloody mad, Mm -hmm. it probably costs 500 quid, you know?
1: It's reasonable for what you're experiencing, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, getting back to the rally, like what you know, if you were to give somebody a a checklist of of things, the essential must-dos, what would you putting on that uh, you know you're going to rally legends these are the things you must do
4: okay so it was a bit of that is is make sure you have the time so like i I would say try to fly on the thursday to make sure that you have the full day friday because the friday like there's a shakedown early on which we chose to skip but it's about being in the rally village being in the service park when all these cars will come back and that you can get up close get that face. I mean, everyone's very accommodating. They'll talk to you, you know, that you can get yourself on your back underneath a, a 037 or, you know, look, look at underneath a Hyundai WRC or talk to some of the guys on the stands. They put them all into the stadium then for Park Fermi and they open that up. But before they do that, the service is fully open so you can get to, to look at all those and kind of soak up that buzz and that vibe and there's there's plenty of food and drink there available. There's crowds, there's music. So get that kind of, it's almost like a festival. Mm-hmm atmosphere as it were Uh, so make sure you spend enough time that you're not rushing through that that you can just because whatever plan you have when you go in on that day say I want to see this this and this you're going to look around the corner and see something else else whoa (laughs) whoa Whoa. yeah And, and you're off and you're running down there because even some of the, like the road cars and recce cars that are over there are drawing you know, service fans if you're <laughs> yeah. you a real weirdo that looks at yeah. an old, old <laughs> no, no, Iveco like, no, no. service fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. You know, it works. Iveco service fan in martini colors. Let's, let's go look at that and, yeah. you know, cool chase cars and things because you're going to be distracted. You know, you're, you're a kid at Christmas. So mm-hmm. give yourself the time to make sure you get to experience that properly. Mm-hmm. Definitely is the first off and, and that you have that time. So I think fly on the Thursday is, is a good look. I get, that won't always be you know, depending on what leave you have or mm-hmm. whatever uh you can fly into bologna as well by the way uh rather than milan it, which is a lot closer but I, you know it, there is options there's plenty mm-hmm. of options um although i believe the car hire is a bit dearer at bologna um and uh yeah and get yourself well positioned then for the first night stage yeah. on the friday so they're both the stages on the friday are night and they run quite late into the night mm-hmm. uh, and they will run later the, the timings are very like, spoken <laughs> to the kelly's yeah because yeah, we we were with the kelly's a good few times over the weekend they said, they'll kind of let you go whenever because we were, we were at the start line for one and you're watching the clock counting down and you are going all right you kind of all right i'll phone on now i'll video this guy going off still another 10 seconds and then you're kind of waiting and then they start waving at him and <laughs> off he goes um so yeah, make sure you get to, you know, a good spot on that Friday night stage and it's well into the night, just be prepared that you've got you know, got your essentials with you because you know, you won't get off it. Mm-hmm. Um but make sure to experience you can get to the two Friday night stages. So there's an opportunity there to do two, because there's quite a big regroup in between. So there is mm-hmm. plenty of time that will run well into the night. We got we got off the stage at three o'clock or half three or something. Yeah. Um so make sure you get to those. And then following on from that, then that, that you get the opportunity to get into your right good spot for the Saturday and kind of stay there. I guess yes. I think it may, is a bit easier to do and commit to it. Um, you now, they'll run quite close to each other because of delays and things. There isn't much of an interruption. But a lot of those stages, if you pick them right, you can walk to different spots. Oh, yes. Good,
1: good vacations within easy easy walking distance. Yeah. Yeah
4: um because then the stages don't change dramatically year to year so if you've kind of done one and you look at your program from the year before whatever you can go right Mm -hmm. okay i was there now uh you know i was looking at photos from previous years that have the location tag on i'm sorry we can get back to here handy enough Mm -hmm. and we can walk down to here um so that's definitely you know i would have to have everything you need with you because Mm -hmm. when you are up in those mountain stages yes there's some guy with a grill or whatever but you know plenty of water some cream their few cans whatever it is mm-hmm. uh and be prepared to give yourself the time and be prepared to it to run a little mad in terms of if you if you try and plan it to go right i'm going to get here then get here and it's going to run it's not going to run in clock like clockwork it isn't like a rally it's not really running by the clock at all mm-hmm. um so just be aware of that and be prepared to go with the flow I just
1: I just take a child pill, basically, and just enjoy what you're seeing yeah
4: just be carried along with uh, it. You yeah. know, I think people, I've seen people get a little bit frustrated at how, how that goes. Mm-hmm. um. But I'd say kind of be prepared for that going mm-hmm. in and just, just as I say, go with the flow, but make sure you have everything required and that you're not getting left out because yeah. you can't get off that stage mm-hmm. at the time you wanted to because it's probably going to be two hours later yeah. than you thought.
1: And like, you know, we've seen like this year, Kelly, Perry, Yari, Mate, you know, all these stars, you know, like the current world champion that doesn't get much better in rally terms. Like who was the standout driver for you this weekend?
4: It seems like it's an easy answer now that you brought him up, but Robin <laughs> Perra... Um, it's actually... It's very funny when you compare the two, you know, both in Salikas, but, you know, La- Lafala went on to win the rally. But you could tell very much that, like, Lafala was smooth, clean. He was on it. There was no fuss. There was no showboating. He was just on it. And then Robin Perra would come into a hairpin kind of backwards, <laughs> and all four tyres smoking, up the road, do a donut, or whatever, and he was very much showboating and 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 putting on that show. Uh, and he was just incredible care control to witness in you know a care quite quite far back. Mm-hmm. Um, he's running quite a bit down the order as well. I don't really makes much of a difference, but um, yeah, he was very much a standout. Apart from that, I guess look, Frank Kelly's great to watch there as always, and the fans love him. You hear him go, Kelly, 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 <laughs> and they see him coming. Um, and Deanna, Paul you know, Frank, Frank Kelly and Paula Deanna very much putting on a very similar kind of show. They're great. Mm. the The two S one oh, Audi S one rallycross cars were incredible to witness. Just the sound, the car control, what you could do with one of those compared to uh-huh. an an older rally car, I guess. There's a lot more scope to play with them, <laughs> yes. uh-huh. you know. And and seeing particularly them on the second running of the night stage, you know, four glowing brake discs, blue flames out the back. You can kind of feel the air being displaced from them. They were incredible, mm-hmm. incredible to watch. So, a, a, definitely a big highlight for me. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, car wise, um, you know, we've seen you know right from this, the sixties right up to the you know the present day. Representative, like you know, listen to rally DNA. We get it, you know. You're you're kind of a Group A nerd, but yeah. the, you know, for the Group B guys, like there was two fives, you know, it was all that kind of thing. The Delta S fours, mm. you know, where else in the world would you get it that you get such a range of cars? And some of the, you know, a lot of them not been the drivers not scared to drive them. They are throwing them down the road.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, obviously, Group A very much kind of my thing. I, I, I'm a sucker for kind of front wheel drive maxis and things as well. But did I mean the did, did Group B? Not to say that I wouldn't like to, like you know, there was about six zero three sevens there, which is just having that number of cars and of that care in one place alone is something pretty special. And there was one in particular, I think it was in the West, kind of tobacco colors. You know, it's a little bit rattier, mm-hmm. you know, but I was driven, be driven hard, you know. I, you know the, the problem with some of these kind of historic kind of show events is that, look, they're, they're maybe being old by, owned by kind of maybe an older chap or kind of gentleman driver. And, and obviously, you don't want to break these cars. And they're mm-hmm. very wealthy. So or, or they're very expensive rather to, to replace parts. So you can understand why people won't necessarily want to kind of hang the air sort of them a bit yeah. but absolutely there was a couple of those 037s that were driven hard there was two two of those s4s absolutely were getting you could see the difference in the guy who was kind of looking after and showing yes. the car to everyone mm-hmm. to the guy that was you know broad sideways in the 037 <laughs> and like where would you see that and as I say, that number of them in one place mm-hmm. and you can go right like there's a car for everyone there you know um and the, the, the difference in how they were being driven across the field yeah fair enough but mm-hmm. you still got to see it yeah. And uh, that's what's important that the cards are out on stage. Like, that's arrowed.
1: what we have to remember. Like these like if, if you break a, a gearbox and an S four or even a, an Impreza, or you know, whatever, it's mm. if you could like it's not even if can you afford to fix it, it's can you even and get do. the parts to fix it? You know, it's just probably like probably like maybe only one or two parts around the world now to fix it, a, a gearbox or something like that.
4: Exactly. So that's the way you know it's great either way. Like I'd much rather see a uh, 027 being driven slowly on stage then go look uh, at one in a, in a shed yeah. you know mm-hmm. So, because I mean I'm sure that has quite still the potential to go wrong or to break anyway mm-hmm. so it's still mm-hmm. it's a really but it's a really brave man then to
1: throw it to, down the road <laughs> yeah exactly
4: <laughs> uh, but there was cars for everyone I mean the, where do you start with the careless you could be here for the day yeah. you know as I say, you say the, the group B machines there there was a Pikes Peak Audi Quattro there was an S one E two was a replica, but a very good one, mm-hmm. uh, and he was certainly driving it on. One O six Maxis, which big fan of those. I was really taken with a Saxo Super sixteen hundred. Um, back to West of of all kinds. Uh, one three one of Max Gerardo had his over, which is a really nice care. Um, sure, yeah. Group A Pretz's. Group A Galant VR four. There was two Galants. One one was out of the rally quite early. Unfortunately, they lost a wheel. They, were, they kind of hit a curb and it blew the wheel off on the Friday night. So unfortunately it didn't get back going. Accent WRC car really, really like as well. X Hervin and Fiat R Focus WRC. Uh two or probably three or four in Pretza WRC's two two two-door ones. Mm. Uh and uh two uh of, S S7 uh there as well, X Burns car uh so yeah uh, the the guys in the ladder's is great to watch yeah. the uh-huh. hungarian lads, they're always great lads to watch yeah you could just keep going on and on and on it doesn't matter what you're interested if you're interested in rallying you're going to like a lot of stuff anyway yeah but you know if you're a fan of a particular period
1: it's you, all you there more, yeah uh-huh. you got you
4: covered <laughs> yeah. and there'll be something to surprise you you know a whole heap of modern cars like r5s or 2017 spec fiesta wrc which i'd never seen yeah. before in the metal so that was great mm-hmm. uh and a Citroen c3 wrc as well uh and there was an i20 wrc but it wasn't being driven just on, on show mm-hmm. but it, it showed a lot about the caliber of care we were saying that the, the i20 wrc was kind of shoved in the corner of the service park <laughs> on the sunday <laughs> and nobody was looking Did at it bothered <laughs> no no we we're all fawning over cleo maxis and things
3: uh, <laughs>
1: So, <laughs> so it, to wrap things up, then, if you could describe Rally Legends in one sentence, what would that sentence be?
4: Oh, that's a tough one now. <laughs> uh, oof. I suppose big atmosphere, big crowds, big noise, and it's just you just owe it to yourself as a Rally fan to do it, really. I think it has to boil into that.
1: Can I,
2: can't say much further than that. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. It's a great podcast and keep up the good work.
2: Oh, listening to Killian, that's just made me want to go with him even more. And uh, on that note, Killian's actually said if anybody does want to reach out to him to get some advice or his thoughts or guidance with regard to going to Rally Legends and his hints and his tips. Yeah, feel free to reach out either via Twitter, Instagram or through the Rally DNA page. Um, but yeah, I I think I might be one of those people reaching out. <laughs> um, and Kevin, then we also caught up with Ronan Comerford, one of uh, our up and coming young stars at the moment. Uh, certainly, uh, great interest in uh, in, in Ronan's career to date, and we're very curious to see how and how he's getting on and where he's going in his career. So we caught up with him earlier.
1: Yeah, I I started off by asking him, you know, what his plans were were at the start of twenty two, and it snowballed from there.
2: Well, to be honest, I
5: didn't plan to do half the events that I've done. Um, at the start of the year, it was just sort of, um, I know in the national we had planned to to do it, um, and then applications opened at the end of last year for the academy, and um, so I applied for it and I was successful then in March. Um, it was actually just a week before we started the national championship in Mayo, so um, it was a privilege to get into that, and since then it has opened many opportunities and. The experience that I've been getting so far this year from every member um, across every department, you could say, of the academy has been fantastic. Um, also, like joining new drivers, um, Ryan, uh, who I sit with in the Mark II, mm-hmm. um, we had planned on the national championship for that, so um, which we have now finished and we have done quite well in. And uh, then I joined Joe, Joe Kelly, um, from the circuit of Munster. And uh them under a basis of like a long-term co-driver type. So um, I'll be working with him hopefully in 2023. And uh, it just overall, generally the year has been really good. There's been um, quite a few ups, quite a few downs, as mm. there is with rallying. So um, generally, overall, it's been really, really good.
1: Yeah, like for me, I think one of the highlights is you know, uh, Joe won in the European Rally Trophy, the junior section of it, and like you played your part in that as well. I know you come a wee bit late to the party, but like for Joe, and only you know, still very early stages of his career, that's a fantastic achievement.
5: Yeah, it's been really good now. Um, as I say, I only joined Joe uh in Munster, which we used it as a warm up for Donegal. Um, so it's basically the ERT Trophy, uh, junior, which he won. And I um, was very happy to have played a part in getting them to win in it. Um, I know Kenny Bustard and Shane Byrne were in the first couple of events with him, um, and then uh, I come along. So, um, we've all played our part, and it's been great that he is—he's actually a year younger than me. So, um, we're a good age to be um partnering together and uh, moving up the ranks.
1: For sure, for sure, you know, because, like, you know, we expect big things of Joe in the coming years now. And then, you know, like B- uh, Bana Beach is coming up now at the end of the month. And there's another new name to Irish Rally that's it's not familiar to many. I would say.
5: Yeah, true. Um, I received a message a couple of weeks ago about that. And um, we have been in talks and it came through just the other day. And uh, I'm very happy uh, to be sitting in with Ashley. Ashley's South African and he has done many wrc events um he's done a couple of american events he's done uh south african and he's done a french championship um in his future, and that's the car that he'll be using in bana so um we've been having talks back and forward and planning and using schedules and stuff so we're getting to know each other a bit more before the event and then at least then our work would be a wee bit easier then when we go to the event
1: yeah, and like that's probably one of the advantages of you know you were saying earlier about with the MI Academy, you've, you know you you've been jumping in with different drivers, like that holds no fear to you now. You you can jump in with somebody, you know you you build up that relationship online first before you get. But then, but whenever you get to meet, actually, then it'll be natural when you get into the car. There'll be no no fears there.
5: No, it'll not be any fear, and um, thankfully fear nothing until its part. Um, if it did, I don't think I would be doing it. Um, but. Uh, no, listen, it the Academy has done so much for me. It's, um, it's, first of all, heightened my understanding of the overall co-driver because um, my father was a co-driver for 15 plus years and still is. Um, he sort of took a wee bit of a backseat because I'm coming along now. So I have the support from him as well, um, and um, the Academy, as I say, the members of it, um, I know Alan, Sean and John, for a start, um, for keeping the whole thing running and putting their trust in us to do it. Um, and Alan is in the background doing our fitness and German and Daniel then nutrition so we're getting a load of aspects there that there's um, a privilege to be get, to be getting because it's not something that everybody would get and um, to have all that behind you as well it makes it a lot easier and it makes you want to well it makes me anyway want to push on because I know the support's there
1: for sure and, the, and then you know when you have mentors the likes of Paul Nagel like Rory Kennedy you know you have guys who have, you know, are at the top of their game and who have been, who are and have been the best in the business, to have them to, you know, if you need to pick up the phone or whatever, that's, you know, not many sports have that opportunity.
5: Yeah, very true. Um, I know um, we've worked with um, James O'Brien and Rory and Greg um, on the development days that we would do as co-drivers. I know we have our own development days where we all come together. Um but some days we just have the, the co driver's days um and we uh sit down and go through um timing uh, which is a major factor of it. Um and get our you know, they give us scenarios and they give us different things that would be that would happen in real life and um depending on how we do and what we what we're asking, what our knowledge and understanding is, um then they pick it up from there and we just give it our all, like you know.
1: Like you know, in football, in terms, it's like having Roy Keane to show you how to do something. Like, you know, it's it's. I think it's unprecedented. I think it's a fantastic opportunity for for guys like yourself at such a young age to have that knowledge that you can know you can tap into at any time.
5: It is, and just to, to not too many, as you say, can just pick up the phone and have the personal numbers for them all. But yeah. um, it's uh, it's something that that is never taken for granted. It's a privilege for me to be able to do it. Um, I think my love for the sport as well has been it has been a, a big factor because um I, it's just what I live and breathe. Um so you know whenever I'm sort of interested in something I'll do well at it and push myself to do well. Mm-hmm. So um this is um this is this is this is one of us.
1: Yeah and something uh, something you have a passion for. It's not hard work. It's something you want to do and it's you know you push yourself and you thrive on it, don't you? And, you're, and, and, and that's Very own. true. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah very true. That's that's how I think of it anyway. Yeah.
1: And then, as I mentioned, Banner Beach now coming up now at the end of the month. Have you any other plans now for the, the, the rest of this year? Or is the, the focus already on 2023?
5: Uh, well, no other plans. I actually head to Spain uh, to the WRC now. Um, I'm going out to do a bit of, do a bit of shadowing um, and get a bit of an understanding as to how that works. I know quite a lot of the Academy members are out there at the minute and taking part in the event. So it would be nice to be able to go over to them um, and see behind the scenes and see how it all works um, as well. Um, in regards to other events, I'm not planning on doing anything else. Um, I didn't actually plan on doing banner at all um, until I got the messages and a couple of phone calls. And um, so next year is going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. There's a couple of things in the pipeline which we just haven't um, confirmed yet. Um, as I say, it will most likely be Joe as we continue another year of insults at something. Mm-hmm. Um, but as to what we are going to do, I'm not too sure yet. But it'll be all released before Christmas or in the new year, hopefully. Anyway,
1: excellent. And you know, no doubt we'll catch up and we'll hear all about it then. So, Ronan, it was an absolute ple- privilege to hear your story so far, and I have no doubt at all. In the coming years, we'll be hearing a lot more of this name coming up through the sport.
5: Well, hopefully that's the way it goes. But I just want to, I just can't. Don't do it on my own. It's just it's the people that's behind me, my mother, my father, my family friends um especially people in the academy um all play a huge part and it might be big and it might be small but their part is very much valued and I thank them very much for that. Yeah
1: you know they're they're allowing you the time to go and do this and you know you know we 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 always talk we always see the glamour side of rallying you know sitting in the car but that's not there's a lot more involved you know it's the sitting at home at night going through DVDs it's the going through the schedules you know that nobody sees the unglamorous side of the sport and you know to allow you the time to do that that means a lot
5: it does and as you say the preparation is key um i have a very good well it's not of my own saying but um it's a saying that would be heard a lot it's feel, to prepare prepare to feel and mm-hmm. um, so i tell myself that quite a lot a bit um just if i don't do it i'm never going to get to where i want to be so mm-hmm. um it's it's an extra incentive actually and as i say it's 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 no bother to me because I like, I love it, I love the sport, I love to do it. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just sort of all flows naturally. Um, But knowing and understanding a lot of the rules and regulations is half the bottle as well. So you just have to keep yourself refreshed and all of that as well.
1: So pleasure there to catch up with Ronan and, you know, wishing them all the best and Spain there at the weekend. That sounds very interesting, you know, like to get that experience at that age, you know. And, you know, we keep going on about the, the youth and the, the how bright a future Irish Rallying has. Another one of those names coming up. Like as jack brennan like this guy only turned 17 he has won the junior 1000 category he has done two rallies but uh, i have no doubt this is going to be a name we're going to watch for in the future you know so i started off by asking him how you got involved in rallying
0: well uh since i'm since as young as i can remember really i'm being brought to rallies and watch me watch my father navigating with a uh, in world rally cars and stuff so it was uh from a really young age I was always brought to rallying and every Sunday going off to see a rallying and it was just this there's a big rallying community around where I live here in South Kilkenny so it's always been everyone around here goes rallying and it's kind of a kind of like a big rallying family down here so it was always brought up with it really from a young age.
1: Yeah, and like a like Kelly man then it wasn't a hurling stick it was a steering wheel you wanted in your hands.
0: Yeah exactly yeah, yeah. I wasn't too great at hurling so I said I said I and it rallying instead.
1: <laughs> so like you won the, the junior one thousands this year. Like what a, a fantastic like, championship that is, given the know the likes of yourself. Time on the gravel, you know, even before you can drive in the roads.
0: Yeah, look, the, mainly for the J Hills, this the road mileage you get as compared to a a single stage event as regards like a rally sprint or something like that, like the mm-hmm. mileage is just unbelievable. And for it to be um for to be running at, at the front of the field, really, with you're running in a main rally, and we get the we run first on the road in the forestry to get the best of the roads, so and they really do really do accommodate for us really in the rallies, and it's just like to to start so young with I think the age now is fourteen, you can start at and be able to go out and drive a rally stage. It's it's unbelievable, like how how much experience and sea time and mileage you get out of everything.
1: Because like you get the full rally, you know it's not even half the stages. You are getting the full complement of stages, is the same as car number one on the road.
0: Yeah, exactly. We're getting all the all the stages. All the stages big cars do. So it's uh no. It's it's an unbelievable championship, but it's a it's a great idea, and it will. So after bringing on so many uh so many people in Irish rally and just who started from J1 House, and it's uh, yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, like, you know, you think of the likes of Wal Crichton, Josh and just, you know, uh, Kyle White. They all come up through the, the Junior 1000 Championship in Northern Ireland. And even then, you know, you even think of like and um, Evans started out in the Junior 1000, you know, like a number of years ago. So it just shows you the sky's the limit with this.
0: Oh, yeah. Like when you when you look at the likes of Josh and Will and all them, like it's it's unbelievable to think that they started in the J1000 and then look at them now, or- they're all out doing the world championship, and it's 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 unreal how 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 a small championship can bring you so far into their their stage where they are now.
1: Mm-hmm. And they, they you know it was mainly tar they were on as well, and you're getting this gravel experience. I think it's an absolutely brilliant chance. Um, so then now this year you have turned the age now you're allowed to drive on the, the roads, and you done Bolton Glass was your first event. How did you find that? were you were you nervous? Were you daunted by the experience?
0: yeah well yeah i was nervous to be fair like it was uh it was the first-hand drive a left-hand drive car really was the was the biggest thing and uh just a lot of stuff i was really uh i wasn't used to the likes of going recce in and having a look at the road before you like in the forestry we don't get a recce so it's just watching the dvd and killing duffy and it was all different left-hand drive and the first time on proper irish tarmac roads and it was all it was all a learning curve really like we we set out at the start of the weekend and say look we'll uh, we'll take our time we'll build our pace throughout the throughout the rally and we 100 we want to get to the finish because just for everything and the way it all came together we just we really wanted to get a finish in the rally and we did so it was a massive learning curve and uh no i, I was delighted now to finish bottom last and it was just an unbelievable experience
1: yeah and le- left Andre like if you you know if you want to progress in your career you have to go left hand drive, and I suppose it's like everyone else. Is like learning to ride a bike. Once you get used to it, it'll become more natural.
0: Yeah, like I didn't towards the towards the end of the day, I was kind of getting more used to it. As in regards, just building up your speed, especially through the likes of uh, like the chicanes and stuff, where you kind of had to position yourself on the road. But uh, no, by the end of the day, I I built a lot of confidence. All the nerves were gone, and it was just uh, I really enjoyed the ride now.
1: And then for your second rally, you go to Sard- Sardinia. <laughs> but you know, it's not the usual route. Like, you know, what a brilliant chance. Two days are rallying, so you know, even better lo- loads more seat time as well.
0: Yeah, like with Sardinia, it was uh it was a shock at first, really, because I didn't I didn't really see it happening or coming until I was till I was on a on a flight the way to Sardinia on early, very early Wednesday morning and it just kinda of, it all kind of came a bit quick. I didn't it probably didn't hit me until I did land, but uh no Sardinia was an unbelievable experience. I couldn't have I didn't dream of having that experience of doing a European rally for a for definitely three four years at the least but no Sardinia was just it was unbelievable just to get out there and see um see all the see all the European rounds and it was just uh no I was unreal the roads were uh the roads and I suppose um I suppose making pace notes were probably the two hardest things to get used to because I I never would have made my own pace notes before and uh look uh, the the people around me made it a small bit easier for me like mean navigator John McGrath who's just a, I couldn't thank him enough for Sardinia for mm-hmm. helping me make notes and just the experience that that man carries to sit in a car with me is just unbelievable like he's a uh, he sat in with some of the best men in the country and I just I genuinely couldn't thank him enough for all he helped me for in the last in all the j 1000 and the, especially Sardinia because I I was I was very new to making my own notes and we made them and by the by the end of the the end of the two, two or three passes we had of him I was happy and then when I used him in the rally I was I kind of got more confident throughout the whole rally that I was able to trust my own taste notes more. And uh no, it was just a, it was a surreal experience really. I didn't it didn't really it didn't hit me as long as I was
1: landing on the plane that I was doing what I was doing. Yeah. And then you know, you come away with crystal at the end of the rally too. Like so like, yeah. there has to be a good a good two days rallying, really, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, like it was uh, it, it was hard. It was a hard to I hadn't really experienced an event that long before. And then on the on the Saturday evening we had three stages in the dark. So it was a lot of uh, <laughs> There's a lot of new things brought into that and yeah. but look, I just, I, I just took everything as a, as a home, and I, I, slowly progressed on in the speed, and especially the car I was driving, like the, two o eight R two, like the, the rally five car in and That was a big step up from the, from the J one housing, but the R two was a, a, complete different ballgame game step up again. So, uh, no, look, by the end of the weekend, I was, uh, I was getting more confident, and with that, the. the, the two very different cars, the Rally 5 and the 208. That The Rally 5 is turbocharged and the 208 is not. So you really have to, you really have to rev the 208 out to get the maximum out of it. And mm-hmm. just, it took me a couple of stages just to get that into my head that to, you have to drive harder just to get the most out of the car. But yes. no, by the end of the rally, I was, I was more happy with my times and I was feeling more comfortable in the car. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was unreal. Yeah.
1: I think, you know, All those things that you talk about, you know, night stages, uh, you know, making your own pace notes, that's something that most drivers are maybe two, three years down the line. But I think that will stand to you, you know, because the sooner you, it's a bit like the left hand drive. the sooner you start to do them things, the more easy they, they become. It's not like, it's not, you know, in a year's time you're going, oh no, I have to drive in the dark, I've never done that before. You've done it now, you know, you've made your own notes. I would say the next rally you do, you you'll probably be more confident. You you'll probably will make your own notes rather than revert back to, like paste notes again.
0: Yeah, well, like for whatever whatever rally I do next, if it's tarmac or anything, I I will be making my own notes. I could it'll be hard to go back to to let's say buying and paste notes and adjusting them yourself again. Mm-hmm. So no, I think it's I I will I will stick to it now just for, it's I nearly prefer to make my own notes for just. Just for myself really just yeah. moving mm-hmm. forward i would prefer to make my own notes so yeah. like you were saying kevin the the younger you start the more easier it'll become over time
1: for sure for sure and then you know like looking forward have you had more plant this year or are you, you you sort of like in your mind's eye looking forward to next year already
0: yeah uh, well for the for this year i still have the i still have two rounds of the more split iron. Junior Rally Series left, one in uh, the Rally Sprint in Carrick on Shore in three weeks' time, and then the last round is in uh, is in December in Mandela, and that's in the J1 housing car, and I have one round left of the autocross championship then in the car cross Bowie in Borre in at the end of November. So, uh, yeah, still a, still a favorite to do, this, yeah.
1: And that autocross championship, like, you're the first, uh, like, you know, somebody so young has never won a round of it and not only have you won a round you've won the championship as well Like that's yeah, a fantastic we, achievement
0: uh, at your age yeah we uh, we have that championship won and we're uh, we're going to board just to just to see out the championship because uh just to finish out the championship because the autocross is uh, I think it's great really the autocross championship just mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was it was unbelievable to, to win one never mind the championship I never I never thought that day would come really just because of when I was eight and nine, my father, my father bought a carcross bowie, and I was just I was in awe of all these bowies going around, and I said I'd love I'd love to do that someday, and to win one. Then it's just it was just, uh, it was just a spe- special, really.
1: And then you know, looking forward, you know, you see yourself coming, you know, like in the, in the years to come, you want to be rallying more. You look at you know the Motorsport Ireland Academy, you know we mentioned earlier on there, Josh McLean, Wall Crichton, uh, you know you can see where. That academy can take you. There's so many opportunities now for somebody like yourself coming up through now.
0: Yeah, like this this country, as in um as in the last couple of years, for young drivers to progress and learn and through the Morseville Learning Academy and all these opportunities that are coming up for young people is is unbelievable that maybe weren't there in the past and are there now. Like it's no, it's unreal and uh, no the Morseville Learning Academy is a uh, is great, and if if you're ever if you ever got to be accepted to it, it would be it would be unbelievable. But I know that the opportunities for young people in this country now nowadays is unbelievable to progress and learn and move on their career.
1: Yeah, it shows like you know we're quite quite putting ourselves down in this country, but it shows that our talent can go and take on the world and have nothing to fear. You know, you think of Craig Brain, Chris Meek, you know th- those guys have gone to the world stage and showed they're every bit as capable and every bit as good as somebody from Finland or somebody from France or whatever. You know, we have the talent here and we, we, we need to shout more about it, don't we, really?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, the, like I was saying, the opportunities that are coming from this country, like Craig being a perfect example, like uh, yeah. he's in the, in the World Championship now with M Sport. And uh, it just goes to show what drivers can come from this country yeah. with, the, with the right recruitment and the right tools put into it, really.
1: For sure, for sure. And then, you know, to wrap things up, in, you know, you want to progress in rally. Where would you like to see yourself in five years' time? You know, we look at Kelly Ruben You know, at yeah. twenty-two years of age, a world champion. Would you like to, you know, keep progressing up the ladder yourself?
0: I would, yeah. But it's, uh, I, I had, I had things in my head from when I was young. I'd, I'd love to do a European rally. I'd love to go to Europe and do stuff. But. I suppose that some, some bits of that are after happening already and it's just the experience was unbelievable. To come this young and do it is un, unbelievable. But uh, no, look, we'll, uh, the opportunities for young people in this country are unbelievable. So we'll just have to we'll have to take it as it comes and hopefully progress on each year and see where we end up.
1: Uh, I really do think, you know, the future of rallying in this country is in safe hands and we have such amazing young talent coming up through. So uh, and it's good to hear from them as well too. Um this weekend coming, um Raleigh Spain. Um the, the penultimate round of the WRC. The you know the driver's title is decided, but there's still a lot to play for going into the weekend, Connor.
2: Absolutely. you know, obviously, as you say, the driver's title's done and dusted. We've got the manufacturer's title, which could be wrapped up potentially. Um, although Possibly it could go to the final round in Japan. But another title that's of interest is is the WRC2 Junior co-driver title. And uh, the man of the hour, James Fulton, uh, is, you know, a a good run on, on Spain and he's clinched that title. So he's certainly under the microscope at the moment for moving to partner Craig Breen and potentially will have this title under his belt when he does so
1: wouldn't that be class? You know, you know, we're all about promoting Irish talent, and to have a world champion in our midst as well, you know, that'll be fantastic. Really, as you know, so we wish him all the best
2: at the weekend. We do, and it adds credibility to his move to to partner Craig as well,
1: without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. as you say, like you know, it's another tick off the you know the list of things you you know you always want. you know, an accolade, and you know what better accolade than a world champion? You know, so. That is for sure, and uh, then you know the the main teams. You know, hard to look past Toyota, but then you never know how they can surprise us. You know, they've had a few good rallies there. I know New Zealand didn't go quite according to plan, but it's hard to look past Toyota, I think. And Rovanpera Par- now has the World Championship and below his belt, he may be relaxing off the leash almost.
2: Potentially. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you look at the speed that Tanak had and uh, Neville had in, in in Belgium and again on tarmac and again in Croatia, they were, you know, when they were still struggling a bit more with the setup of that car, mm-hmm. they, they were still putting in some good time. So I wouldn't rule them out for for potentially taking a Spanish win, um, although they're going to have, I would think, an unleashed OJ to compete with. I think Oji certainly held back, poten- possibly held back in New Zealand but I, I can't see him holding back in Spain.
1: Oh, like And, you know, Rovenpere off the leash, Oje off the leash, uh, Evans was something to prove, you know. He's still, you know, he has been dogged with bad luck, misfortune, whatever you want to call it, all year. He is going to have a point to prove there. Uh, I find it very difficult to look past you in some shape or form. But, as you say, Highland Day, you know, Tannock undoubtedly has the speed. Novell and Tarmac, if ever, you know, if everyone's right, you know, if he fit, hits, finds the, the sweet spot, he can be frighteningly fast as well.
2: And maybe a bit more to prove than, than you know, to mm. have as well. There's, you know, obviously things aren't smooth in that team yet. Hyundai, mm. they're still trying to get themselves together and plan for next year. And obviously they're, they're interviewing at the moment for, uh, you know, that third seat, who's going to hold it. Mm. Um so maybe, you know, Tannik and Neville have have points to prove themselves and they will be looking for, both looking for the win out of um, Spain.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And then, you know, M-Sport, our own Craig Brain, mm-hmm. um, without a doubt, like, he's going to be one of the strong performance. you know, he, he's had a, you know, a bit, you know, misfortune and bad luck. He's had his a fair rub of bad luck. So at some point, his luck has to change. And, you know, what better event to do it, You know, than Paul's last event?
2: absolutely there's that bit of extra incentive for him um also you know the puma is pretty decent on tarmac and, and you got to remember its first win okay maybe with a bit of black ice but you know monte carlo is, is pretty much an asphalt rally mm-hmm. um and and the the puma was mighty quick on that um so yeah if it all comes together for m sport absolutely they could have a decent uh, run in spain but it, it's kind of you just don't want to jinx them. Yeah,
1: no, that's for, sure, that's for sure. And, you know, it's almost going to be a home event for them as well. Like the amount of Irish that seem to be traveling out to Spain in, in the next day or so, it's, it's, it's frightening. I'm, I think I'm going to only one left here, you know. I'll, I'll <laughs> off the lights and I'm going to bed, I think, because there's going to be nobody else here.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you're going to be pretty lonely there, all right, there. From what I hear, there's a huge contingent. But, like, it, we've also got quite a bit of comp- competitors going out there as well. You know, you've, you've Josh Marker Lane and um, with James Fulton you know, we know we've William Crichton with Liam Regan they're out in the Hyundai um you know you've Grace O'Brien, Ryan Caldwell, Aoife Rafferty, um, Jay Coleman, Adam Kofi are out there as well doing some of them are just doing recce now as opposed to actually competing and then also you've Kyle McBride who's you know doing a bit of servicing for for um casers so uh-huh.
1: yeah look you know it's brilliant to see you know that the the Irish involvement goes right from the you know your rally one cars right down throughout the field yeah. and then you know even in through you know the service park and all you know we keep saying this but we have so much to be to shout about and to praise you know and that's what yeah. this this podcast has always been about as right. promoting you know how good this wee country is
2: absolutely and don't forget Aaron Johnson yeah you uh, know again mm-hmm. a, a good result here with Takamoto will will help. You know, they've had a phenomenal year that New Zealand was their first kind of blip.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, So, potentially, again, they could have a a, a strong result.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, you know, Japan's still to come. But, like, I think that, you know, for mainland Europe and on our time zone as such, like, this is probably as close as we're going to get. You know, we're not going to sit up half the night trying to watch the results come in from Japan. Well, some of us might. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I think that this is as close if the championships all get wrapped up here. Japan might lose a wee bit of the sparkle, but, you know, we know how unpredictable Spain can be, you know, in dry weather, flat out, yes, but a wee shower of rain or threats of rain can just change it up and, they, you know, change it around so quickly.
2: It can, but even without the rain, like in the past, if you, if you actually look at most of the incidents, it's been when it's been dry. You know, OJ ripping the wheel off in the, the polo when he was on for the win, um, which allowed Mickelson to to take it to, what was that, 2015 or 2016?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you know, Takamoto last year, very innocent, uh, you know, mishearing miss a note and boom, that was him gone, he was out. So, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. A lot of, of, because of the high speeds, yeah. Spain can catch you out and it can bite mm-hmm. uh, in the dry.
1: Because as you say, they're going so fast and, you know, the limit of, of adhesion you know, sometimes they just, that we fraction over and it just can get away from, and, you know, there's obviously, it develops a racing line as well, and if they go off that, there's muck or whatever dragged out and they can get onto that and the car's, it's gone and that's it, isn't it? So.
2: Absolutely. So, sure. uh, if you remember, Cali, Rovenpere was, was making cuts and had to do a very deep cut last year and just about got away with it. That's
1: for sure. That's for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. And one final thing, but I suppose before we wrap up completely, is Michael McDade and Declan Casey in the Wyodain Rally at, in, at the weekend they finished sixth overall, not only first historic car home, but first two wheel drive car home. And uh, it leaves them in a very strong position now for the Welsh Historic Championship, going into the last round now in the Cambrian now in a couple of weeks' time. So fingers crossed that that goes well for them because they're in a good position in the, the Welsh Historic and the BRDDA Historic Championship. So lads, we're all rooting for you here. So that was episode 36. So please like, share, comment, rate, all those things make a huge difference. So until the next time. Speak soon, take care, and bye.